Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody, and thank you for joining me once again. My guest today is Yolandis Miller, and I want to welcome you to the show, Yolandis. Hey, Marcia, thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be a part of Born and Tall Radio today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So for those of you listening, I need to just mention, it's interesting how I get guests on my show. Elanda's happened to come to me via a guest that I had several months ago, Tracy Lamore, and she said, oh, you got to know about this guy, Elanda's. So Elanda's is the CEO and founder of Kicking It Sports. He is also the author and teacher of an e-book called 10 Steps to Start a Business with Less Than $500. So this is a show that's just well-rounded, and I'm very excited to have you join me. And I thought we could start off, because you are, gosh, you are just, you are so much. I could probably talk to you for hours. But let's just talk about, let's just get to know you a little bit. Please just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Marcia, thank you so much for introducing um, I really appreciate that. So just a little bit about me. Of course, my name is Elandis Miller. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. So I, I've been living in Georgia most of my entire life, been living here, been enjoying the time here. Went to school at the University of Georgia, where I decided to study business. Um, fast forward to after graduation, I was able to pursue a career in corporate America in the financial services industry. Um, then I've been moving around a little bit. And then I just started my entrepreneurial journey about four years ago where I felt like the corporate world really didn't really um, fulfill me like I wanted it to. So I decided to pursue entrepreneurship part-time, and I just been looking for ways that I can build my business, chicken and sports. Came out with an e-book last year during the pandemic, turned my e-book into a course. And now I'm just looking for ways to keep building new products, keep adding value to customers, and keep finding ways that I can solve problems. Um, Growing up, I loved playing sports. I started playing baseball at like four years old, hmm. and then I graduated, um, played in high school for a year. also played like basketball and football through that time since uh, during the grade school years. So I've always been active, always like being outside, having a good time, and I always enjoyed um, math. That is something I always liked growing up. Um, so math was like my favorite subject. Then it turned huh. to business as my favorite subject. So, you know, just going out, going through life. Um, trying to figure out things, trying to solve problems, trying to help people on the way. And that's a little bit about me. Well, that's that's so cool. So math, huh? You loved math. That's, that's, that's good. For an entrepreneur, I probably that's pretty good. But you sound so, you know, you sound so balanced. And I think that that's part of what we'll be talking about today is that, sure, you love sports, but you are, are educated. You know, you, you have a balanced life, and I, I find that so, so exciting. So let's talk about 
business one, which is you're kicking at sports. When does that when does that start? When does that kick off the ground? Oh no, pun intended. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no puns are okay. That's the whole point of the name, right? A lot of puns you can yes. use in kicking at sports. Of course. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I started that in 2017. So. After I graduated college, I realized that I mostly just, like, went to went to work, came home, watched, like, TV, um, took a shower, did, like, mm-hmm. chilled on my phone. And just, I was doing that, like, back and forth, Monday through Friday. It was a whole entire cycle. Um, so what I decided to do was join, like, a sports league. And after I decided to do that, I saw that there were a few, like, gaps in the area that could be filled. Like I mentioned, I grew up playing sports, so I always had a, a great time doing that. I was also a part of like a fraternity in college, so I just enjoy being around the community and bringing people together um, through our uh, various types of events. So I just decided to kind of put those things two, two things that I like to do, so bringing people together and playing sports together, and I decided to build Kicking the Sports. So what Kicking the Sports is, is basically we help adults tap into their inner child through like backyard sports. So you can think of us as like a, a huge field day type of event where you can invite random people from across the city would bring them together. We have food, um, we have music, we have games such as like Jenga, Connect Four, Uno, mm-hmm. and other card games that you can play. And it's just oh, like an entire cool. um, day of fun. So yeah, it's a pretty fun time. Um, get people laughing at each other, joking around, dancing a little bit. It's just a cool vibe to kind of bring people together and help um, solve like that sedentary lifestyle that we've been accustomed to. Um, have since the last few years. It's it's true what you said, and I, you know, uh, it's so funny. Connect for oh my god, I can just I can actually see that game in my mind. I, I can see it. I, it's probably somewhere in this house. That was such a popular game that we played, and Uno, the same thing. And I like the way you said yeah. um, backyard sports because you know really. Um, there are a lot of things that we can do in our own backyard. Now, granted, you know, if you have, you know, the ability to be in a park or someplace like that where there's just, you know, bases and, you know, when you want to play kickball or something like that. But, gosh, you don't need to, to, to have um, run the bases to play Frisbee. And I think what you were saying is that, you know, you can not only do this with your adult friends, but you can do this with your kids, and kids can do this with kids. And we've been living, we're going to be talking more about the pandemic and how it's affected your business. Just the whole concept of what you're doing, I think, is just is just terrific. I, I, it makes me wonder, what motivates you anyway? Because you sound like a highly motivated man. So where do you get your motivation? Yeah, so I think... I get my motivation by just trying to figure out ways I can grow as a person and as, like, a professional. So I'm always looking for, like, ways that I can get new knowledge. That's, like, through certifications, um, through reading books, through, like, doing courses, things like that. Also, I'm looking for ways that I can just uh, become, like, a better version of myself. So, of course, like, trying to figure out ways that I can, um, like, take, do more exercise or go to the gym. I do yoga every once in a while. So just trying to figure out ways that I can, like, grow as an individual. So I think that is, like, my biggest motivational factor and um, trying to be sure that I try to bring as much value to the world as much as I can 
uh, while I'm here on this earth. So it's looking for ways to help people out in various ways, looking for to build businesses that self solve problems, looking to bring more entrepreneurship um, throughout the community and things like that. So that's kind of I think my main motivational factor right there, just trying to grow and become a better version of myself. And then, of course, I'm always trying to have fun while I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. if you like asking me my friends, you can, uh, you can, they'll tell you that I'm not really a negative person. I like to enjoy myself, like to smile, um, have a good time, and do the best that I can to have as much fun. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I would like to um, mention at this time that for those of you listening, and I'll make sure that this is, you know, in the blog that follows our show, but if you want to visit uh, Elanda's is um website you would go to the kicking and you will see some of the things we're talking about and i i think it's really interesting that you also talk about food and friends so i i your your website is really interesting and i think what i hear within you is that there's so much love and there's so much about you that you think is that you can share that with other people, that you're like me this way. It's like, how how can I make it better for somebody else? I could see something like what you're offering right now in Atlanta as something that could be offered across this entire country, that people can just go to their local park. Sure, there's still, you know, Pop Warner football and Little League and there's basketball and there's tennis and there's all these skateboarding i mean we've just watched the olympics we've seen all the sports that are out there but i like the idea that you're tapping into the adult that 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 it's not only kids but you're tapping into the adult and so many of us are so face planted inside in front of a computer on our phones you know, doing all the things that we do that sometimes we get a little out of balance. And so I think that that's, that's terrific that you feel motivated to, to do this. So who would, you, who would you say are your main target audience? Who, who, who are you looking to attract to your business? Yeah, so our main audience is mostly individuals between the age of uh, 18 and 38. And we we found that a lot of them play sports in, like, college or high school or even in middle school. So they have, like, this competitive desire. They like to, like, of course, be outside and enjoy playing around with friends and being able to sweat every once in a while. And then we also found that it's, like, sometimes even parents come out there and bring their own kids. So we mostly target adults, but, of course, we're open as a family fun event. So a lot of times people who are in that age range may have some young younger kids who want to just get out, um, spend some energy. So, you know, they always have so much energy. And they just like to we, we let, we let them play with us. I mean, they kick the ball as well. They run to the bases. So it's like a pretty good fun event for everybody to enjoy. Um, mostly mm-hmm. we do focus on the adults. But, of course, we, do, we are open for the y- younger kids and younger generations to also have fun. So, um, but, yeah, mostly – um, I would say uh, 18 to 38, so like Got about it. 70% of our um, attendees are usually men. Uh, but, of mm-hmm. course, we hope to have more women out there in the future. It is sometimes hard to get them out there. It just depends on the day and how hot it is in Atlanta. So, sure, um, that's, that's, a good, that's a good point. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so you you've been doing this now for a few years. Uh, what are your plans moving forward with kicking at sports? Because I suspect that you may have been pretty much affected by the pandemic. Tell me a little bit about your plans and how the pandemic has has affected you. Yeah, so right now we're uh, B2C, so we mostly focus on members within our community um, within that target audience that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of where we are right now. Um, looking to do more events, of course, a little bit more difficult with the mandates and the lockdowns and all the things going on with the pandemic. So we've hosted about one event since the pandemic. Usually we do about three or four events per year, but definitely the, event has, the pandemic has slowed us down. So what we're looking to do in the future is definitely go B2B. That is our main goal. So looking for ways that we can uh, partner with, like, organizations in our community, like YMCA's, Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club, um, churches, other corporate organizations. So Atlanta has a lot of uh, big headquarter companies that are here. So um, hopefully in the future, the next five or ten years, we can, like, work with, like, we have, like, Coca-Cola here, Chick-fil-A, uh, Delta. So have, like, some type of huge corporate event where companies are looking to increase their wellness program. So looking to bring those team members together to like a team community type event as well as a physical exercise event as well. So looking to do that in the near future. And of course, maybe we can take it uh, nationally. I know you mentioned that we can definitely do this nationally. So whenever the cars are aligned, we can look for ways to spread it to a neighboring county, the neighboring state like uh, North Carolina, Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky. I know those states are pretty big on outside mm-hmm. sports as well. So just looking for ways that we can do that as well in the future. You you know, it's really funny because I used to work for the YMCA, and, I, and I'm very familiar with the Boys and Girls Club. And um, I was thinking about that while you were saying that. I do want to be clear about something that, that you said. So when you gather people together to do this, you're calling that an event? Is that an event that you're, ske- you're scheduling an event? Is that the terminology you want me to use? Uh, yep, that's correct. We're like an event-based okay. company. So we do the, the entire thing is like in a, a four- to five-hour event. I see. So it's not like um, a bunch of people just get together and decide to go play kickball. This is this is this is more organized and structured than something like that. This is, these are not leagues where you're having people play on a regular basis. No, so it's more um, like a pickup game style. So I know when I was joining my league, that one of the problems that we came up with was that not everyone is able to actually attend it. So if you can commit like a hundred dollars, eighty dollars, or sometimes like seventy, depending on the league and then you're not able to actually attend all games. So that's one reason why we do it more like on an event basis, like uh, one weekend every quarter or so like that. So people can plan it out. They're able to get their tickets online and able mm-hmm. to come and participate in the event. That's neat. You know, I, I, I just I, things are just popping into my mind. So excuse <laughs> me while I pop all over the place because I know you basically <laughs> talked about you know the 
after high school age person, that 18 to 38-year-old, you know, who are less likely. They don't have PE. They're not going to go on the playground during lunchtime and go play kickball, which is what I said in my my Facebook Live. Is I think the last time I played kickball, I was in elementary school. But um, <laughs> you know, this is you know, it's, uh, it's just something. But I I know that here in LA, um, there was a time. I don't know if they do it currently. I suspect that probably not. They actually had men and women's co-ed uh, kickball leagues, just like they would have softball plays, you know, people that are just playing softball and things like that. So I, I really see the value in your events. Um, it would be great once things calm down, and who knows exactly when that would be. There's probably a lot to put together together an event. But, gosh, I could really see where you would have people – that would enjoy an event once a month rather than once a quarter. But I imagine that takes a great deal of work. And I don't know if you have a team behind you or if you're standing there waving that flag by yourself. Do you have people that actually help you put these events together? Yep. So our contract with various event planners in the community. So in Atlanta, we have a lot of events here. So there's a lot of planners to pull from. So, Usually I try to work with an event planner or some volunteers that I know, like some of my friends and family as well. So yeah, right now it's mostly just me that's doing most of the organizing. Mm-hmm. So I am looking to uh, get a team in the future for sure to help out. So we can get to that like once a month um, cadence to help bring more value to the community. Of course, uh, we are a business, so we will also want to be profitable. So sure. I think doing it every month is also a way to become more profitable as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely looking into ways that we can create that system so it's repeatable and that then we can be able to go ahead and work ways that we can do it every month or so when the, yeah, I can, the weather is nice yeah. here. <laughs> right. And, I, you know, I'm sure, you know, your weather could play a part in that for you where maybe it's not quite the same out here. But, um, you know, I understand that it's not easy to just say, oh, we're going to have an event, and then it's an event. I mean, like you said, and, <laughs> and let's let's be obvious. Uh, let's be um, straightforward. You are not a .org. You are not a nonprofit organization. You are an entrepreneur, and, and you're not doing this without an intention of, you know, making this a profitable experience, and I certainly, I certainly respect that, and I can appreciate, you know, why you would, it kind of goes along with your whole entrepreneur um, background, and I am, you know, just I'm thinking about, you know, I, I asked you a little earlier about, you know, what motivates you and all of that, but I, part of me was just wondering, was there somebody in your background, like when you were going to to the university, or maybe even before, or in your personal life, that was like, wow, now that person really motivates me. Is there that one of those standout people for you? Because I suspect you are that person for others. Yeah, definitely. So throughout my journey, I've had a lot of people who kind of have been like my mentor per se, who's helped, um, whose ideas have molded me into coming up with my own ideas, who kind of gave me some advice um, when mm-hmm. I needed them. So there's a few people from um, – during college, I took, like, a new venture class from a professor. Uh, he was pretty motivational. 
kind of like helped us figure outside the box when it comes to like entrepreneurship. And then once I got my first internship, my other, uh, my manager, he was big on entrepreneurship as well, like starting his own business and like real estate investing and things like that. So, um, and then of course I have uh, members of my fraternity who also help uh, me throughout my journey as well. So a lot of those different people has been an influence on my life and it's been an honor knowing them and getting to know their um, personally and professionally who gives me advice along the way. And they kind of just help me steer into the right direction. So I don't know where I would be without them. And of course, like my family has been a huge motivator as well. Um, they always try to push mm-hmm. me to, to be better and to keep moving forward. So um, yeah, definitely a lot of people throughout my journey who kind of keep me going, who's kind of been in my corner for a few years or so. It helps give me advice. That's great. Do you, have you considered um, going back to school? Have you considered yeah, getting I, um, I have, an, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, um, so I, I've been thinking about getting my MBA, but it just depends on um, how that's looking um, from a cost-effective standpoint. Sure, sure. Um, so, so, yeah, I've definitely been thinking about it and looking for other options as well. But I think it, I don't think it's necessary to have an MBA mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, but I think it does mm-hmm. open up a few more doors. Sure. Um, I have a, I have a feeling that um, people just get to know you and open doors. And I was wondering, <laughs> have you found any problems that you were hoping to solve when you started your business? Was there Was there something that you thought, you know, there's a problem out here, and and I think I could help solve this problem. Was that was that um, something you thought about? Yeah, I have. So basically, um, when I started doing my own like personal leagues, like just joining leagues to like get exercise and to meet new people, and and also to broaden my network, I felt I felt there was a few gaps in those specific leagues and those interactions that I could feel and of course like just being in the same cycle of going home or going to work, going home, watching TV, going to work, going home, watching TV. So with those those two types of problems and trying to figure out ways that we can help people in the community like stay active and of course like get some fresh air, it's always a good time. And of course sure. a lot of people also within our target audience we found that a lot of people don't necessarily are from Atlanta. So a lot of people are out there just trying to figure out ways that they can meet new people and they just oh. need to come out and have fun. So. Yes. That's a, that's a really, that's a really, I, I, I like that. And and because you are, like you mentioned earlier, you are so connected. And, and when people get to know a little bit more about you, um, you know, it, you didn't even mention some of the volunteering that you've also done. You you are philanthropic, and you know, I know that you worked in the in the was it the Red Hat? Is that what that's called? The McDonald's? Um, was it wasn't that something? Is that am I saying that wrong? Were you involved in something yeah, with? Yeah. Yeah, that's so, correct. I mean, the Red Hat Society. Yes, I mean, there's a lot to you. And I think that that's why I am enjoying this conversation with you because you're you're not one dimensional, and you you um, you have you have like you said you've seen a gap, and so how do you help that gap? And an entrepreneurial mind does things like that. So, what other ventures are you pursuing right now? 
Yeah, so um, I know we talked a little bit about the pandemic. So during the pandemic, a lot of things were shut down. We couldn't have events. We couldn't rent out spaces to host some events and things like that. So I thought about different ways that I can still add value to the market. So I decided to start um, what is called Hoodie CEO, and that's like my digital informational products brand where I created an ebook um, last year in 2020. I just basically compile all of my knowledge from like starting my first business kicking in sports into a 10-step ebook, and that is called the 10 steps to starting a business with less than $500. And so I'm looking into ways to start my informational product business. I know since a lot of things are digital these days, people are looking to learn yeah. online, and people are looking to consume digital information. Um, and another problem with what I just noticed is that basically like on my journey was there's like tons of thousands of articles on starting a business, a lot of different public publications, books, and things like that. So I just tried to basically make it easier for somebody else who's trying to start their own business by just kind of trying to be more detailed and just taking them through the steps that I took, the resources that I use, um, like different structures that I also use of starting my business, the type of mindset that I wanted to have and needed to have. So I just try to make it, like, as easy as possible. Um, there's, there's a huge misconception that it's super hard to get started. Um, but it's actually pretty easy to start. You just got to kind of um, knock down those doors and keep going at it for X mm-hmm. amount of years until you get the success that you want to build. So that's what I'm working on now. Of course, I like I also like investing. So I've been looking for ways to invest um, in, like, real estate and things like that. So I think those are my two next ventures are the digital information uh, product business with the Hilly CEO, as well as looking for ways to invest in real estate. Nice. That that that's a, that's really that can be very very profitable. And I know, you know, our economy and things that are happening right now. You're you are at that stage in your life where you're just like you know ready to jump off the the high dive, and it's like, but shoot, there's not enough water in the pool. Oh my God, I might get hurt. You know, so, you know, it's kind of an analogy that just kind of comes to me. You know, you you haven't been well-established, not because you haven't got a plan in place, not because you don't have a business plan in place, not because you don't have an idea of what you'd like to do. You're an entrepreneur. Of course you do. But um, there's been circumstances that just none of us could possibly have imagine two years ago to find us in situations like well now what well now what well what about what if you know the what ifs and the now abouts is just like wow i mean what i'm doing let's face it i'm sitting in front of my computer right now having this wonderful conversation with you safe and sound in my home you know um and you're in atlanta and and you're safe where you are and we're you know but but people are still trying to make an income, and people are trying to still be influencers, you know. And of course, that's where you come in—that you—that you do want to make those differences for people, and you do want to have, a, do want to do um, um, your digital product brand. And you know, you then you talk to people that are my age, which I could be your grandmother, let's face it, and it's like, well, I don't quite get what you're talking about what is a digital product brand what am i buying well you you know it, so you're you're trying to like you said um connect yourself 
to people that are more likely to align with your product. Um, I know a lot of people that have gotten, you know, not only MBAs but executive MBAs in business. Um, but it, it, like you said, unless somebody's going to fund a scholarship for you, that is not an inexpensive way to get an education. And sometimes you just have to just step out onto that board and and start yourself. And you do sound really, really motivated. So when you talk about digital product brand, are you speaking about specifically your ebook or are there other items in that digital product? Yes, yeah, so I've had my first ebook that I started, um the successful started business less than five hundred dollars. And what I did was I partnered with the um learning informational designer and basically I helped he helped me turn that ebook into a course. So now um, that course is online, and we can also drop that into the notes for in the, or the blog for the listeners and readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep, so I'm just looking for ways to turn um, an existing content into new content, and then I have another ebook that I'm working on right now. Oh, um, you are. Ways that I can, yeah, so I can also bring more value to the community. So um, this basically is like, what it is is just me compiling all my knowledge and just writing a few times, a few hours throughout the week, on the weekend, and I'm knocking that stuff out. And then just having work with other individuals to kind of compile it, make it look nice, and then I just mm-hmm. upload it online so for the readers to be a part of my journey. So so right now it's just um, you have the ebook, the course. We're on my second ebook, um, thinking about a third. So they're not too long. Luckily, they're pretty short. Another reason I had jumped into the uh, ebook ebook space is because I know I've, I've read like plenty of business books, and a lot of them sure. are just like 400, 400 pages. A lot of them kind of it's good content, but it's still like stuff they don't really get to like nitty gritty of everything sometimes. And you kind of like mm-hmm. some people like me, I'm like a methodical thinker, so I like step by step um, stuff whenever I'm learning. So that's kind of what I also help do with my ebook as well, kind of like broke it down step by step. You know, I like what you just said about methodological methodical reading. Um, I, I, that makes sense to me too. Um, you know, if you like you said, you know, you've got your degree, you, you've read plenty of, of books and studied all of this stuff, but I think what you're doing, it sounds to me like you're approaching this from what do I, what do I want? What is it I want my 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 uh, people that that buy this ebook for these people that that do want to take the course. What do, what do I want to leave them with? And we're going to talk about some of those actual um, takeaways from your book in a little bit. But um, I I'm, I guess I'm curious that did something specifically happen in your pathway that drove you to start down the digital product space? What what led you to do that to start with? Yeah, mostly just listening to other podcasts, um, trying to be uh, up to date with like rolling and pivoting with the time. So I know that a lot of people were looking to consume online content and learn um, digitally, basically definitely because of the pandemic. So instead of just like being stuck in the house, not doing anything, I was just like, let me figure out ways that I can um, get some work done, look for ways I can help other people, 
um, see I can be productive. And I think writing was a good way to do all three of the four of those things. So that's kind of really what got me down that path. And also that you had played around with like starting a podcast, but I don't mm-hmm. think um, podcasting is, I, I think I let podcasting say to you, Marcia, on that one, but um, for me <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, you know, there's only 24 hours in the day, my friend. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about balance towards the end of the show and how I balance and how you balance and, you know, and and because, like you said, I, I mean, you can't talk to anybody today that doesn't use the word pivot. Now, I got to tell you, two years ago, that would have only meant a basketball term to me. But today, you know, I mean, I'm a basketball fan, so I know what a pivot is in basketball. But today, so many of us have had or have chosen, let's let's put it that way, because you're not forced to pivot, although maybe some would say, well, you are if you want to stay current. But, you know, so many of us have pivoted and and this is a perfect example. At one time, I was in a studio doing this. Uh, my guests all came to me in a studio in this community of Westchester where I live, and which meant that uh, you weren't living in Atlanta and driving to the studio. You know, you weren't living um, three hours away either. And so by virtue of that opportunity, closing and opportunities for a lot of people have closed in the studio closing it opened up this enormous avenue like tracy in canada i mean come on you're in atlanta i have had people from all across the country as well as people in my backyard that have joined me um on my podcast and i think that what we find as humans because if we don't start there we're in a world of hurt but as humans we find some ways of connecting whether it's as you mentioned in sports and being a kid you know or whether it's um in taking a course whether it's listening to somebody based on your experience how to start a business how to work with your fraternity brothers how to work in your community as a volunteer all of those things go into supporting our humankind i think that i mean that's that's just sort of how i look at it and i think that when you feel motivated to do something that's going to make a difference and i know your events have been stalled but they haven't been terminated that will be a pivot also and perhaps you'll find some other ways of of having events that allow you, you know, to to get together. But I do think that what you do um, is is terrific, and I think that that digital product brand that you're talking about um, is really important. Do you do you have any other products that you're planning on creating? Is when when I say that, are we specifically are we only talking about eBooks, or are there other products that you're thinking about creating? Uh, yeah, right now, so I think ebooks are probably my next focus and then looking for ways to, uh, for people who like to learn via video online learning, I think turning those ebooks into courses is another avenue that I continue going down for now. Um, also looking to get into like a live session space. So I know before the pandemic, I was 
looking to do like my whole ebook like as a speech. So I was looking to do like workshops on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but that definitely did pause um because of that. So of course like looking for ways that I can also um have live session sessions with a group of people who may have questions on their business or looking for ways to start your own businesses and need some like ideas to like back get some ideas to um jump off the screen for them, things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, definitely looking for those and like my next avenues, like live sessions, courses, and ebooks are the digital products I'm thinking of um, keeping down the path of one. Sure. How long did it take you to write your first ebook? Uh, that's a good question. Um, like a few months. Um, oh. I think I'd say about three or four months. It's not that long. Um, I think it's about like 68 to 80 pages. Um, but yeah, about four months to get it all together, and then I use like a, a editor to basically like edit anything out, help me kind of make it more professional, um, but also keep it in like my own words, and also hire like a designer to design the cover pages and kind of put it and package it all together, and I uploaded it to Amazon, and that was the process for that. Yeah, I bet. Wow, I bet that was. You know, that's interesting to me that um, that you were really able to accomplish that in a few months. Not everybody can do that, and I think that you know, kudos to you for being able to do that in a relatively short period of time. And like you said, you know, it's not like well, it just ends up on Amazon, and not exactly. There's a whole process beyond that, so that people you know, can find it on Amazon and, and I like I said, I will make sure that both your course and your ebook are uh, hyperlinked on my blog so that people are able to to find that and and take advantage of that. I I wonder in in thinking about this, um somebody that's maybe listening right now that might be your age or younger, um, what advice would you give to an inspiring entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. So um, I would definitely say that the first step is always start it, um, but it's kind of like the biggest cliche, I think, that most people say. Um, but it's definitely true. So if you have, like, an idea, you can, depending on how you learn or how you um, consume information, you can map it out via writing it down like or a board, creating, like, a visual board or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would say there's different ways that you can get started with the minimal amount of money possible. Um, I know, like, in the industry, they call it, like, a minimal viable product. So if you have, like, an MVP, that's, like, the first version of your of your business. So I know... Okay, wait, wait let me interrupt you. Let me, let me interrupt uh-huh. you. You used a terminology I'm not familiar with. What did you call that? An M what? Uh, MVP, like, Mom, Victor, Pam. Yes, and what does that stand for besides, you know, most valuable player in my world? <laughs> <laughs> Most valuable player. Uh, minimal yeah, viable, come on now. Minimal viable product. Okay, so I'm sorry I interrupted you. I was so I was so engrossed with myself just then. So what does the M stand for? <laughs> sorry. Uh, the M stands for, uh, for minimum. Minimum. And okay. The v, the v is viable. Oh, viable. Okay. And, and the P is product. Wow. See that. See, it's very interesting, and I find this. In every single guest that I have, you are no exception. In your world, you have a glossary of terms 
that yeah. obviously MVP means something much differently to me. Not that I'm a sports, I don't play sports, but certainly I follow that. So you just taught me something, minimum viable product. I, I've, yep. never, I've never heard that term before. So how do you relate that into entrepreneurship? I, help, me with, help me understand that. Yeah, so if you have like a business a business idea, um in any idea that you have, you wanna kinda start off with that, with M V P. So mm-hmm. like for my journey, um, my mental viral product was like so my whole idea is like a huge event where you have people coming together and playing sports, right? So that's kinda like okay. what sports I wanted it to be. So in order to get that started, to like practice, to help develop it and get feedback what I did was basically found ways that I can do that with, like, as much minimum amount of money as I could. So what I did was basically, like, create a Facebook event, um, create an event on Facebook, invite some of my friends out, invite them via text, and create a flyer. And that all cost me about, like, $25. So trying to hmm. keep costs low. Sure. And, and then what I did was uh, basically had the event, at a park near my house, so I didn't have to worry about too much on like equipment. We didn't like rent it. We didn't rent it out at that at the very beginning because we really didn't, didn't know how many people was going to show up. We didn't know like whether or not we wanted to put that much money into the first event or not. Uh, but then it's basically like figuring out how you can, of course, look for ways that you can do everything with the lowest cost. So that cost me about twenty five bucks. I did like a little bit of Facebook ads for like fifty to sixty dollars. Um, just to like play around with it, with like getting people to go to the event to sign up, and then at the first event, of course, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it's as it's a learning experience. So absolutely, had friends come out there. Yeah, so I had friends come out there and had them like give me some feedback, and then just kept building on that, and just keep basically just building on it and building on anything. So if you have like um a podcast, and you don't want to. Like, for example, for you, and there's a lot of, like, different podcast um, streaming platforms out there. Some call, some don't. Um, but the MVP for a podcast would be probably just, like, your phone and you're recording it via Zoom or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you keep looking for ways that you can, like, add value to your customers, figure out ways you can, like, ask different questions. And then you can start using, like, the um, bigger content um uh, sites out there that can stream your content in various sites, and then you can start looking for ways that you can like build or bring sponsors on and stuff like that. So that's kind of like how the MVP mm-hmm. works: is the lowest cost that you can create for your product, and you keep getting feedback and you're growing on top of that. Interesting. Well, I, I appreciate you telling me that because I really didn't know that. And and then talking specifically about your ebook, because I think mm-hmm. takeaways are really important. Now, I don't want you to give away your book so that people don't have to go out and buy it because I, I, I want them to, to buy it on, on Amazon. But if you were going to talk about, say, three takeaways from your course, because um, I know there are ten steps, and, and you know, so I don't want you to, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm, I am really thrilled to be able to support you in this endeavor. But what would you say to those listening that are the maybe your three takeaways from your ebook and course. Yeah, so I think my three the three takeaways would definitely be to understand who your number one would be understand who your customer is. 
So, but of course, that individual or that avatar, who you think your customer customer may be, may change throughout your journey. But it's definitely a good mm-hmm. way to get started to figure out um, who's your target audience at first. So, and then as you go along, as you like build out your MVP, as you ask questions and kind of get deeper into the business, you figure out more in depth who your customer is. But Mm-hmm. Finding out who who that person is or who that um, individual or animal, whatever type of business you have is at the beginning, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is definitely something I would say is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I would say, is looking for ways that you can um, grow your business for free at the very beginning. So there's lots of free uh, platforms out there that you can use to communicate with your customers. So first, like, number one and number two is, related to customers, so because um, the customer customers who you want to bring value to, it's who you're serving, so you want to um, be sure that you're able to connect with them um, as early as possible. So that would be number two. Um, so, of course, you, for the, those platforms, you have, um, like, you know, social media platforms out there, so Facebook, Instagram. Um, you have, like, email marketing platforms out there, um, MailChimp, Constant Contact, HubSpot, there's a lot of different um, platforms you can mm-hmm. use to help grow your business. Uh, of course, you want to like stick to like maybe two or three at the beginning. I know a lot of people say just stick to one. Depends on what you're comfortable with. Um, and then number three, I would say is definitely having like that entrepreneurial mindset. It's looking to be like optimistic, have that perseverance, um, being able to roll with the punches. I think that is. That's the that's really what pivoting is. It's like basically like running, running, rolling with the punches. Um, to get hit, kind of like maybe do it. I know. I think a boxing match came on this past weekend. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So like you know, whenever you get hit, you just roll with the punches. You kind of counteract with another punch or a jab or something like that. So just being able to be flexible and adaptive in the environment. Of course, like being optimistic, so staying positive. Um, looking for ways that you can help solve people's problems, and I feel like the kind of you are in the business world, the more you kind of give back. I think that's like yeah. in general. In general, So this, of course, like being kind to individuals, um, being optimistic, positive, and rolling with the punches. So that's my number three. I, I like that, and, and really that makes sense. So based on all we've been talking about, what is your favorite part? about being an entrepreneur? What do you love most about it? I think for me, um, that's a pretty interesting question. Um, I like a lot of stuff about being an entrepreneur. I like being able to create something from nothing. So you have like an idea and you're actually trying to make it become a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I like interacting with other entrepreneurs. So, like, if I go to a conference and I attend a conference and I meet other aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are doing great things, that gives me, like, inspiration and motivation to be better and look for more ways that I can grow as a person also professionally. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy um, just kind of, like, being in the community, being able to solve problems, looking for new ways to uh, solve more problems and like coming up with coming up with like new and fun ideas. So I'm not like that great at marketing, but I do like coming up with like marketing ideas. I think it's pretty fun. Like just mm-hmm. trying to figure out ways I can get the customers to interact with us more. So just like bouncing off ideas, brainstorming is pretty fun for me. 
you know, entrepreneurial environment, solving problems is fun. So I like doing all that stuff. So I think my, I think my favorite part is definitely like meeting people like you, Marcia, just talking to them on podcasts, uh, growing my network, figuring out people who also has this big dream, who's trying to solve it, trying to grow it into something and looking for ways to just have a positive impact on the community, the nation, even the world. I think that's probably my most favorite part for sure. Well, you know, it's interesting what you were saying. We cannot be all of those pieces if, if because we're we're just one human. And while yep. you know you like the interacting, you like the com, um, community, you like you like solving problems, you like the brainstorming, you like the positive impact. But I also heard you say, but you know, I'm not all that really that good at marketing. Well, guess what? That's what this guy over here does because that's what his passion is. Or that's, let's just say her passion is. It could be her. But I'm just saying Mm -hmm. that it has to start somewhere. And you don't just, my my son works at the Eller Business College at the University of Arizona. And so there are a lot of students that come into this business college with that same idea about being entrepreneurs, about about starting businesses, about marketing. There's all aspects, you know. Some people are just exceptional writers. You know, there, there there's all aspects of business and entrepreneurs. And the fact that you have this desire to be an entrepreneur sets you aside from somebody that doesn't care about doing anything like that. And we've got to have people like you that that start these kinds of of opportunities and and brings people together and solves the problem but sometimes you have to start with well what's the problem is there a problem you know you almost have to ask yourself i mean i i certainly you know people ask me why do i do this i've been doing this for well over 6 years is it simple well talking for me is really simple you know, I love to have a conversation, but what what goes into putting this all together? Oh, mm-hmm. well, now that's what's behind the scenes. I mean, you know, because you and I have been corresponding about getting ready to talk on this podcast, but this doesn't just happen just because I decide I want to talk on the blog talk radio. I, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do this without my webmaster. I wouldn't be able to do this with some of the technology support that I get. My my Tia, the woman that was working as an aunt, as a as a oh, what was her position? Oh gosh, did I just lose the word? But anyway, she was she was working with me uh, uh, as an assistant after she had just graduated from college, and she said, "Look, at, I'm going to do your Instagram. I, I got this for you. Just give me the information, Marsha. Don't you worry about it." It's yours. I'll just do it. And, you know, you, you need a team of people that can work with you that have, that are like-minded, but not always like-minded. If everybody is absolutely marching on the same side of the street, then, you know, somebody needs to be the challenger that says, hey, but did you think about this? And it's like, well, as a matter of fact, I didn't. I hadn't thought about that, but I'm telling you this as if you don't already know that. And in reality, you do, you know, because it's it's obvious when you want to go into the business world that you have to have a business plan. You know, why 
I mean, who, what, where, when, why, right? It's kind of those questions we learned when we were in school, the, the, the W's. So who do you want to attract? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? You know, all of those things are so important. And, and, and then you throw in something that was just totally unexpected. I mean, who would have known when you started this back in 17 that we'd be talking about a pandemic. What's a pandemic? It wasn't even a word that some of us had ever even heard of before or certainly knew about. Or maybe you read about the Spanish flu in the 1919 or whenever that was. But, you know, you didn't know about that, and you didn't certainly know how it was going to to affect you today. So I just congratulate you for moving forward. You could have just stepped backwards and said, well, whatever. I don't know. I'll just go get a job at the bank. and." You know, I'll be fine. You know, but that isn't what you wanted to. And I'm not begrudging that. And that sort of that almost sounded derogatory. So I'm going to just dial that back right now. As I heard myself say that, that is not at all what I intended. My intention was by getting your degree with wanting to be an entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, and that is your mindset. And I and I I applaud you for that. So with that in mind. What do you do on maybe a weekly or a monthly basis or maybe even a daily basis um, professionally and personally that just sort of keeps you balanced? How do you do that? Yeah, exactly. So it definitely can get hard um, balancing everything on my plate um, from working to building businesses to networking to thinking up with new ideas. So it definitely can become challenging, but I do like to – enjoy life so you know i think life is a definitely a pretty awesome gift that we have and Mm -hmm. that i try to do things that i actually enjoy doing outside of um, entrepreneurship so of course i still participate in like going to the gym i also do other leagues so i don't just do kicking the sports i also am participating in like other softball leagues and also other other sport leagues in the community. So you can find me at the park playing around meeting the people um, through other leagues as well. I enjoy uh, going to yoga. And, of course, I love doing things like that I grew up doing, like skating, um, going to the park, um, going to the movies whenever they're open, and just kind of sometimes taking a step back to just spend some time with friends. Sometimes we have, like, a game night. I'm also doing those type of things. And, of course, I whenever I have a free time at night, I like to try to read a few pages out of a book. So to help me grow professionally, you can find me reading about 10 to 15 pages a few times a week at night. Also looking to get into, like, other courses. So if I have, like, an interest in something that's new, like a buzzword, I might look into, like, like a couple, watch a couple of videos on YouTube. Like, for example, like blockchain, machine learning, stuff like that those, like, mm-hmm. big buzzwords I might be interested in that kind of pulls me towards them. I try to, like, get more information from them by uh, reading books and also um, watching videos. And also, um, I love to sleep, too, so I can't get enough of that. So I think that's very important to get my rest, that R&R, whenever I can, as well as traveling. So I think those are my top few things that I do to kind of keep me balanced. You know, it's interesting what you said about sleeping. I don't think that that is emphasized enough. And, I, and I'm going to also add in there drinking water. Emphasized enough the value of sleep. 
and yes. I break a lot of the habits. I I I am guilty, I should say, a lot of the, of a lot of the habits that they say you should not be doing in sleep preparation. One of those is I'm on my iPad right up until I turn the light off. Um, because I'm I'm playing a game or I'm doing something on my iPad. It's usually a game. I'm playing puzzles. Um, I know that that is not recommended to, to for people to do that. That that light is not good for you. Um, fortunately for me, I I sleep comfortably and well. I mean, my little cat wakes me up sometimes, but other than that, you know, I I sleep well. But I read somewhere this is so interesting that. There was a study about people over the age of 60, and that was a long time ago for me, that typically don't feel thirsty. They just don't feel thirsty. And actually what they're saying is that water is very important for our brain health. And I thought, whoa, that was a, that was a new concept to me. So I'm really... I'm, I really have I have a water bottle in front of me right now that I just fill up with my Brita filter, watered, and I really do make an effort to drink more water than I used to. That I don't wait to be thirsty to, to drink some water, but I I don't think you can um, overestimate the value of sleep because really it replenishes ourselves, it replenishes our body, our brains, and it allows us then to be productive like you want to be to to go to the gym to you know we both you and I both do yoga so we know how to do that we know that our shoulders are not supposed to be our earrings um, and that regardless of what I do all week I don't miss my yoga class it is it is as important as doing my podcast at 1 30 every Tuesday I'm in a community of other yogis, and it's on Zoom, and that's just fine because now you don't have to drive somewhere. And it's, you know, I just lay out my map and I, uh, my mat, I should say, and I I follow along. So I'm happy to hear that you also do things like that. I think that's great. And just in closing, if you could just think of one thing, maybe. Knowing what you know today about your younger self, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's been a pretty good question. So I want to say that I think to my younger self, what I would tell myself is this, that to look for ways to help other people out. So whenever... Um, then like go the extra mile. So whenever there's like something that happens for like your work, um, family member or whatever whatever someone is needing, when you see the opportunity to help them, um, feel free to offer that advice, offer that helping hand. And then when you're doing that, just try to go as hard as you can for that person or that individual to help them where they need help whatever that's needed. So um I think by helping other people I think things starting start just aligning in your life, so like the law of attraction. So just yes. being able to um, bring that like action soon, like taking that initiative, like hey, do you need help with this? Or you know, someone is going through something in your family or friends, just say hey, how's everything going? Do you need any help or need my advice or anything like that? So I just think taking that initiative to help other visual, other individuals out would be something I would tell myself. 
from the good advice. So before we say goodbye, I'm sure you heard me shout out yes when you said the law of attraction because <laughs> I know precisely where that's from because the secret, while I am not a reader, I'm, you're going to see me in front of the TV um, typically, <laughs> but the law of attraction is such a sensational book that I recommend to my friends whenever I talk to them. I'm looking at it as I'm speaking to you right now by Rhonda Byrne. And that law of attraction, regardless of your your age or my age, I do believe that what we put out is what we get back. And um, and so by, by being in, in the company of wanting to do for others, which is exactly what you said, um, I suspect that what you know today and what you would advise your younger self, my guess is you've probably always been like this. Helping others is probably not a new concept to you. Maybe it's evolved, but I suspect that you've always been generous with yourself. And I certainly have appreciated this opportunity to share this hour with you. And I'm so excited to know what's coming next for you. And I really hope that our listeners have um, into Elandis and, and what, is, what you do and why it's important to you because this has really been joyful to spend this hour with you today. Thank you so much, Marsha. I really do appreciate um, you spending your time with me today as well and uh, working with me throughout the process. I know we scheduled this a while back ago, so yes. um, thank you for uh, sticking in with me and giving me updates when needed. And also reminding me because sometimes it's definitely easy to forget things. But um, I got your emails, and it was definitely helpful to um, be able to keep this on the calendar and keep that commitment. And I had a great time talking to you as well. It was very fun. Learned a lot about you as well as hopefully your readers getting some golden nuggets about my journey. So, of course, I'm definitely happy to be here. Thank you. Well, everybody, I'm going to let Landis get on with the rest of his day on the East Coast. I'm going to get on the rest of my day on the West Coast. Be safe out there. I know there's terrible weather across this country right now, so I hope that you're staying safe. And, you know, oftentimes I have guests revisit with me. And so perhaps what you and I will do is maybe in the spring of next year, maybe six months from now or whenever, you know, we'll, we'll meet again. And maybe you'll tell me about your latest ebook. But just know that you and I are now connected. And I'm here to support you in any way that I can. And um, thank you once again, Tracy, for making this connection. It's just been joyful. So until next time, everybody, I'm going to let Elandis get on with his day. Thank you so much for always listening to my Born to Talk radio show podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>